only thing we have to fear is fear itself. The National Weather Service has issued a severe thunderstorm warning. Welcome. To the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast, where prepping doesn't have to be complicated or expensive. Coming to you from a well-defended off-grid compound high in the mountains. Coming to you from his Florida room in Richmond, Virginia. Neither off-grid nor well-defended, unless you count as chickens and cats, here is your host, Keith. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. My name is Keith, episode 32. Today is January 24th, 2023. Currently in the freeze dryer, I have about five dozen scrambled eggs. Once I get those out and vacuum sealed, that will give me 85 dozen scrambled eggs that I currently have set up for long-term storage. I think it's about two dozen per bag. I, I probably should break that down and maybe go one dozen per bag because that is an awful lot of eggs. Did some banana chips again a few days ago. Turned out perfect. Pineapple rings turned out very well. I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, Four full trays, which was I think two cans, two cans or three cans of store-bought just cheapy pineapple rings that I wanted to uh, experiment on. Worked out very well. At a recent farmer's market, there was a vendor that was selling dog treats and One of the dog treats he was selling were chicken livers that were freeze-dried and vacuum-sealed. The price that he was charging was insane. But again, if people will pay it, then that's what you should should charge them. So just for kicks, uh, when I was at Kroger, I picked up a container of chicken livers, $1.99. So two containers filled... For the most part, filled all four trays. I could have uh, pushed them together a little more uh, and not left so much room, but got those taken care of, got those out, and I'm going to give those to some coworkers if they have some cats or dogs that like those kind of treats and just get a little feedback to see how well they like them. I gave a couple of the freeze-dried chicken livers to my cats, and they did not really appreciate the taste, so I had to toss them in the trash. Gas here in Central Virginia, $3.40 a gallon, pretty much remains steady uh, from the price it was a week or so ago. Let's talk about the price of eggs. Now, over the last few weeks, there has been a lot of hype online, Twitter, other social media platforms, as well as the news. I'm not really sure if the price of eggs has increased in the last few weeks or everybody's just getting kind of getting on the hype train. Say, ooh, I got to talk about the price of eggs because that's the cool thing to talk about today. And there's all sorts of memes. And I've seen a few TikTok videos of, you know, people with their eggs and and, and silly stuff like that. Those, some of those are, some of those are funny. I'll give you that. More and more articles are pointing towards the avian flu, wiping out approximately 50% of the chickens here in the United States that either lay eggs or uh, we consume uh, meat chickens is what they're called. So approximately 50%, which is driving up. Uh, the price of eggs, and then there's the scarcity of eggs. But what I'm not seeing, at least here, I'm not seeing a huge increase in like chicken breasts, probably account for inflation, but I'm not seeing the price of chicken breasts or drumsticks or whatever increasing in price and basically keeping pace with the price of eggs, that increase that we've seen over the last few months. 
So I'm not really sure what's going on. So avian flu will kill the chicken. Kill the chicken, it's not going to lay eggs. It kills the chicken, you're not going to get meat off the chicken. It's just a little weird why I'm seeing eggs absolutely go through the roof. But the chicken breast prices here, at least, pretty much just, you know, putting along with inflation, not seeing a huge increase. Backyard chickens. Now, a lot of people, when COVID hit, a lot of people decided, hey, I'm going to start raising chickens for their eggs. I know they're fresh. I don't have to go to the store. That sort of thing. That is true. However, if you were just going to consume the eggs, especially now, given the price of chickens, the feed, the coop, unless you're very, very handy and you can build a coop for practically nothing, it is going to take an awful long time if you eat those eggs to basically break even. With the price of eggs during COVID, you would have to sell a lot of eggs to recoup the cost of the chicken, the feed, the coop, chicken wire, all that stuff. Now with the prices the way they are now, you're not going to have to sell as many eggs to recoup your cost. The price of feed has gone up just a little bit. Not even It's not even keeping pace with inflation. Maybe a buck or two a bag uh, in the last couple of years that I've had my chickens. So now that the price of eggs has increased exponentially, the people who did not get chickens during COVID now want to get chickens to help combat the current price of eggs. If you're going to get chickens, do your research. If you're going to get chickens, make sure you check with local city or county ordinances, HOAs. I doubt if there's an HOA out there that would allow backyard chickens. Locally here where I am, I live in a, a, a neighborhood. It's not really a subdivision. It's a very old neighborhood. In this county that I live in, with the, the neighborhood, I guess the, the, the population density and the, the fact that the houses are relatively close to each other as opposed to being out in the country, my chickens cannot free range, nor can I have a rooster. Now, the folks across the street and kind of caddy corner to me do have a rooster, and he makes a lot of rooster sounds. Now, when I was growing up, I was always told that a rooster crows at the crack of dawn. Either I was being lied to or this rooster needs to learn how to tell time. He crows 24-7. It's at the point where I, I think I've just blocked it out. But I do free range my chickens in that I walk around with them. And I've got cool neighbors. Nobody's going to like call the county and saying, hey, that guy doesn't have his, doesn't have his chickens in the coop or in the run. He's actually walking around in the yard with them. I would not, never let them free range while I was not at home because I don't have a fenced in yard and who knows where in the heck they would be. If even I went 20 or 30 minutes down the road and came back, they could be all over the neighborhood. Now I have noticed that my chickens do not go into the garage. They don't cross the driveway of either of my neighbors. I'm not sure if it's you know something on their feet. They don't like the, uh, the feel of the pavement or the concrete but they will stay in the grass. And of course, you know, I don't have a fence. So in the back part of my yard, they could take across, take, take off across the grass and be halfway across the neighborhood, you know, in no time at all. But go ahead and do your research. You know, if, if you, if you want to get chickens, then go ahead and get them for the right reasons. Don't get chickens just to be cool because your neighbors have chickens. You overheard a coworker saying how cool chickens are. The kids really love chickens. So just go ahead and do your research. If you're going to do it, go ahead and do it right. Be humane, treat them fairly. Find out what they eat, what they cannot eat. When it gets cold, you know, depending on where you are, make sure you have a chicken that's, you know, if you live in Florida or Texas, well, weather's screwed up anyway, so it's hard to really tell. But if you live in Florida or Texas where it's really, really hot, Arizona, make sure you get a chicken that is warm weather 
hardy, which means it's a chicken that can do well in warm weather. Now here in Central Virginia, I have chickens that are the Golden Comets and they are right in the middle. They are both warm weather hardy chickens and cold weather hardy chickens. So I didn't want to go one way or the other, even though it does get up in the 90s and with the humidity, the heat index well over 100 degrees. I have a huge barn fan set up inside the, the covered run that I have set up Bluetooth. And when the temperature gets, usually gets when it gets to above 85, when I'm at work, I just hit a button on my phone and this big fan turns on and the girls absolutely love it. You know, their feathers are going all over the place, but they really appreciate the breeze. And in the winter, I have I guess it's like an infrared heater. I'll never put a heat lamp inside coop because of the fire hazard. I'll never put like a bare bulb or a red infrared bulb. I have a little infrared heater. It's, um, I don't know, it's about the size of like a notebook. It's about eight and a half by 11. And the, the heating element is inside this heavy plastic. And when I put my hand on it, it is, it is warm to the touch, but it kind of radiates heat and it doesn't really radiate it very far out. I mean, you literally have to have your hand just within a few inches to go ahead and feel the heat. It does not keep the coop warm. Okay. It's just basically there. If the chickens are near it, they're going to get some of the warmth from this, this little radiant heat source, I guess you could call it. Make sure they have plenty of fresh water. Uh, chickens will eat a lot of things. But there's a lot of things that are poisonous to chickens uh, that can cause serious health issues. So just do your research, grab a book, get on the internet, plenty, plenty of forums and pages, go to YouTube, look up backyard chickens. A lot of people have a lot of good information out there. So speaking of getting chickens just to have chickens, there was a very, very bad situation during COVID when obviously everybody's home, people are working from home, the kids home from school, everybody wanted a puppy. Let's go get a puppy. When the parents are home, they need the kids to be quiet so they don't interrupt their Zoom calls or their soap operas or whatever they're doing. So a lot of people gave in and they thought it'd be cool to have a dog. There are people out there that should never have dogs. There are people out there that don't know how to take care of dogs. They can barely take care of themselves let alone trying to take care of a dog. I've read stories where people would get the dogs, they'd have them for several weeks, maybe a few months, and they would end up taking them back to the shelter because the dog was too much trouble. The dog was barking. The dog pooped on the floor. Lord forbid that a dog would poop on the kitchen floor because you or your kids or whomever is too lazy to walk the dog. I think they just did it just to have it. And they're like, wait a second, I have to feed this thing? A leash? I have to, what? I have to walk this thing? Can it just sit there and just like give me puppy eyes and like snuggle and catch the ball? No, it's a job. When I get home from work, there's many times I get home about 5, 5.30, especially in the summertime, it's 7 p.m. before I get back inside. I make sure Mr. Rogers, my outdoor cat, is taken care of. I make sure the chickens are taken care of. I check their water. I check their feed. I check the coop. I check the amount of poop in the coop. Poop in the coop. That sounds like a either a rap song or a country song. How, how would that go? My, let's see, my old lady left me, my dog ran away, and I've got poop in the coop. Now, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a hit. Anyway, I check for poop in the coop because it can smell. And who wants to be confined to a small area, especially in the winter, when it's cold and it smells like poop? Well, I don't. And if the chickens spoke English, they would say, we don't either. So many times, 7 p.m. before I get into the house to take care of the indoor cats, Nikon 
and Canon, and then I can finally, you know, grab some dinner, and here it is 7.30, 7.45, and it's like I've been on, working on a farm, you know, out slopping the hogs and, and uh, taking the tractor down the back 40 and stuff like that. Certainly, I don't have, I, don't, I have just over an acre, so I don't have a back 40. Sorry about that, but, it, but sometimes it feels like I have a back 40 when I'm outside an hour, an hour and a half, you know, after I get home from work. So don't get chickens to be cool. Don't get chickens so you can make TikTok videos, and certainly don't do the same thing with dogs. Okay, the energy crisis or lack thereof in Europe. Now, several articles, uh, newscasts several months ago, Nord Stream 1 and 2. Well, Nord Stream 1 was sabotaged. I don't think Nord Stream 2 was even brought online. A lot of people were saying, oh, everybody in Germany and other countries, Poland, everybody's going to freeze to death and famine and all this stuff. Well, none of that's happened. I read an article where Germany has actually been able to, I guess, supplement or pretty much replace the amount of uh, fuel and natural gas that they were getting from Russia. And that comes from the United States for the most part. Now, in Germany, there was talk about uh, the government restricting like thermostats in you know, public buildings, you know, government buildings. It couldn't be any warmer than however many degrees Celsius. It wasn't anything super drastic. Ultimately, what has happened, and this is relatively recent, that the government has asked landlords to ask their tenants, hey, do me a favor, knock it down a few degrees Celsius and just help us out. Nothing mandatory. You know, landlords aren't coming around putting padlocks on people's thermostats or anything like that. So the winter of, you know, people freezing to death and, and, and you know, having to burn their furniture to heat their homes has not, has not come to fruition. I think everybody in Europe is going to survive the winter. No crazy food crisis over there. Haven't heard anything about that. We have to talk about Russia and Ukraine. Read an article yesterday and read a different article today because I try to get my news from multiple sources that Zelensky has fired several high-ranking government officials for fraud. Tell me it's not so. Zelensky, that's crazy talk. You mean all that bajillions of dollars that the United States is sending and the UN is sending and, the NATO, and NATO is sending... You're telling me that not every single dollar or Deutschmark or whatever the heck we've been sending over there has not gone to the people? I find that very hard to believe, Mr. Zelensky. You have time to jet set around the world, Golden Globes, address Congress with your little green sweater. You really need to get a suit, by the way. This one particular gentleman who I'll, I'm not even going to pronounce his name because I, I would butcher it. He is accused of stealing $400,000 from a, the Winter Fuel Relief Fund. So a fund set aside to keep the Ukrainians warm during winter because the Russians have targeted their infrastructure. So this cat is accused of stealing $400,000 from this fund that is earmarked to keep people warm. Well, he's a certain kind of asshole that needs to be locked up. I mentioned several podcasts ago that there was a very good chance that all of these weapons, all of these munitions that are being sent over there are either not making it to Ukraine, they're making it to Ukraine and then they're stolen, they're making it to Ukraine and they're misappropriated. Well, several articles, there's actually some of the military hardware that is for sale on the black market. Now they say black market, but you know, Facebook Marketplace, OfferUpNow, Telegram, and a few other websites is isn't exactly what I would think of the black market. I'm thinking of some like, you know, some back room, you know, off some alley 
in the back of some dry cleaners or some restaurant or some warehouse. You know, these guys come in, you know, like in the movies, pry open this this big wooden container and there's a bunch of like RPGs and oh, here's the new Here's a new, a new missile, and here's a bunch of hand grenades. Well, you know, modern technology, I can just go on the internet, take a photo of the AK-47 or the Patriot missile battery or some other things, and you just go ahead and it's sold to the highest bidder. Speaking of RPGs, about $500 a piece. That is a deal on any black market. Grenade launcher is about $3,000. A sniper rifle that is, uh, said a sniper rifle with NATO optics is available for about $1,200 U.S., that's probably less than you would pay if you wanted to purchase that on your own. So a Javelin anti-tank guided missile, $30,000. Javelin's pretty useful and pretty versatile. So a Javelin, and I don't know the firing distance, but that's a guided missile. It's not like uh, it's, it's a, the tow missile. That's a wire guided missile. So you got to you know keep the, the crosshairs, keep the optics on the target. So as you shoot that, it's going to take a few seconds to get there, but you're kind of a sitting duck. So it's not a fire and a fire and forget like the javelin. You launch it and, you know, toss it to the ground and take cover because if the people see where the, the, the plume of smoke or whatever is coming from, you're immediately going to get be a target. But $30,000, you know, in the hands of a terrorist, they could probably come up with that money pretty, pretty quick. You know, that could be used to take out, I don't know, some like motorcade or some government officials going from here to there. Certainly, certainly not a good scene. And that's the thing about it. There's really no accountability as far as the uh, the weapons uh, that are that are going across. Now, as far as heavy battle tanks in the news, a lot of countries have been talking about sending their tanks over there. Germany wants to or, or might send their leopards, their leopard tank, a very formidable tank that's been around for quite some time. They'll send their leopards, but only after the U.S. sends their Abrams. I think it's the third generation Abrams tank. A fantastic tank, but the U.S. does not want to do that because of the logistical costs involved with maintaining the Abrams. So Ukraine could have a bunch of Abrams, but the cost to get the Abrams in and then back out, let's say to, let's say they need to, there's maintenance, there's repairs, it's going to have to go back to Poland. We're not going to have a repair depot set up somewhere in Ukraine with a bunch of U.S. soldiers and maintenance crews actually maintaining the tanks in a war zone. That would not be a good look. So they're going to have to be brought back, put on a train and trained back into Poland. The cost of that is going to be immense. But why are we really worried about that when we have sent so many bajillions of dollars over there? What's a few more bajillion dollars if we're going to give them the tanks? What's a few more bajillion dollars to bring them back and forth into Poland to have them, uh, you know, tracks repaired and all that good stuff to have them maintained? So there is a particular YouTube content provider that I have been following for a little over a year now, and he has provided some very good content. I chose to follow him because he was not like a particular YouTube content provider that lives in Canada that is an absolute fear monger that really is not doing anybody any good. So the particular gentleman that I have been following over the last three weeks to a month is starting to get into that that fear-mongering mentality. And we all know that fear sells. I get it. And I'm not sure if, you know, he's losing subscribers. He's kind of losing his audience. But I'm seeing headlines, you know, is this it? Has it already begun? Five things you need to purchase before it's too late. And I'm like, oh, you're falling into that trap again. So what I've done here the last week or two, I see the headline. 
I go ahead and say, well, maybe it's not that bad. And I watch five minutes, maybe, and I just turn it off. It's becoming more fear mongering than it was before. And there's really no useful content. A young lady that I have followed for quite some time that I will recommend every time I can is Rose Red Homestead. So, and I've spoken about her before. Uh, She's a young lady. She recently retired. She's been in uh, education her entire life. She's a published author, very, very knowledgeable about a lot of different things. When she talks about canning, you know, canning food, vegetables, whatever she happens to be canning, she goes by the USDA guidelines. And I've talked about this before. You have a lot of people that just kind of go willy-nilly. And if you're not careful, then you could certainly make somebody sick or worse if you're not following proper procedure. And Rose Red will tell you that. She has the USDA guidelines. And was it for Christmas? Yeah, for Christmas, I think I got a a USDA guide to canning. It tells you, you know, if you're going to can tomatoes, Here's the temperature and here's how long. It makes no difference what kind of canner, you pressure canner, water, or hot water, water bathing, or whatever it's called. I use a pressure canner, instant pot, but it makes no difference. If you're going to do it, it has to be this long at this temperature, this much water. So it's pretty much universal. When you look at the US, USDA book, it doesn't say, if you have this type of canner, you need to do this. If you have this type of pressure canner, do this. Basically, it says, hey, you're going to uh, can stew tomatoes, follow these four guidelines, and you'll be good to go. Check out Rose Red Homestead, and she provides a lot of good information. So this food crisis that some of these YouTubers have been talking about, I really don't know what to make of it. Now, you go into Costco, your local grocery stores, there is food stacked from floor to ceiling. Now, a particular brand may not be in that week. You may not see as many loaves of your favorite bread as you did a month ago. But when I go into Costco, floor to ceiling, food all over the place. You go in, you don't see a bunch of empty, you know, empty racking, a bunch of empty pallets, a bunch of empty boxes. Produce, plenty, water, paper towels, all the regular necessities, uh, toilet paper, plenty of it. Now, with that said, and I have said this before, the information that I have is that the food we are eating now was last year's food. So the food that has been taken out of the fields, what, four months ago, three months, four months ago, you have drought and all this stuff going on in uh, the western part of the United States. That is going to catch up with this in about six or eight months. That coupled with inflation certainly could be a recipe for disaster, but I'm just going to kind of wait and see. And I'm not sure how it's going to be. I'm not sure how the food crisis is going to come into play. I'm not sure what it's going to look like. And again, do I go to Kroger and all of a sudden corn's gone? Or I go to Kroger and there's not as much corn as there used to be. I go over to the produce. Here's all the different apples, 10 or 12 different types of apples. Now, when I go in one day, are there like six types of apples? I go in two weeks from then, there's only two types of apples, but there's not a lot of them. Again, I'm not sure how that's going to present itself if it does at all. So again, kind of a wait and see. And again, like I've told everybody, I basically prep as a hedge against inflation. Okay, folks, don't forget if you want to find me on the Twitter, the Twitter, uh, you can always search Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. I think the official Twitter, Twitter, uh, twat, twit thing uh, handle is prep underscore podcast and email practical prep podcast at gmail.com. Last thing, I was looking at the statistics 
And just briefly, of all the downloads uh, for my podcast, 83% of the downloads come from folks in North America, 13% in Europe, Asia just has very few, and 1% in Oceania. Now, Oceania looks like Australia. I'm not sure why they call it Oceania. I'm going to have to look that up. I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'm not sure what Oceania means. I bet it's I don't know, Australia and maybe a couple of the countries hanging out near Australia. They don't quite you know, have their own cool name. They're just going to go with Oceania. So Black Lick, Ohio. Black Lick, Ohio, by far, the folks there, thank you very much. You have downloaded the podcast more than any other city in the world. So to my fans in Black Lick, Ohio. Hello. A couple other cities. Houston, Texas, York, South Carolina, Copenhagen, Denmark, Brooklyn, New York, Queens, New York, Brisbane, Australia. Got some Kansas, some folks in Florida, Illinois, Oregon, Massachusetts, Alabama, Wayne, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Some folks in Arizona, uh, Frankfurt in Germany, Tyler, Texas, Bloomfield, Connecticut. Some more Kansas folks, Goddard, Texas. I don't know why Goddard, Texas. That is that where the university? No, that's not. No, that's not where the University of Kansas is. Grand Junction, Colorado, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Dublin, Ireland, Buffalo, New York, and we got some folks in. Was it Bosnia Herzegovina? There you go. Lincoln, Nebraska, West Virginia. Folks, just just all over the place. So again, folks, thank you so much uh, for listening in, dropping in, and listening to me ramble. Berlin. Hey, hello, folks from Berlin, New Jersey and Alaska. Oh, wait, Wasilla, Alaska. I wonder if that's, or that's Governor Palin. Huh. Sarah, if this is you, I appreciate you listening to my podcast. Yeah. What are the odds? There's probably a whole lot. That's uh, probably pretty good, pretty good size town of Wasilla, uh, Wasilla, Alaska. If you're, if you're not Sarah Palin, go ahead and drop me an email. Or if you are Sarah Palin, you can go ahead and, and drop me an email too. I'm just kind of curious. That's funny. So folks, again, thank you so much. Uh, the podcast is, is uh, picking up traction. Like I've said, each week I have more and more people listening, more and more downloads. Um, and again, thanks for stopping by. Just, just listen to me ramble about things. I really, really appreciate it. And as always, take care of one another. Say hello to a stranger this week. Just say hello. Make eye contact. If you're, if you're in New York or New Jersey, do not make eye contact. And I would not suggest saying ho- hello to a stranger. So if you're anywhere in the world, in Philadelphia, I'm not sure if you can do that. Okay, listen to Philly, New Jersey, and New York. Don't say hi to anybody and don't, don't make eye contact. If you're not in New York, Philly, or New Jersey, say hello to a stranger. Take care of one another. Be safe. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the Common Sense Practical Prepper Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, help spread the word by leaving a rating and review.